Welcome to the Van Hack Podcast, the podcast for tech talent that wants to get hired abroad. I would like to invite Anna Traveris, who will enlighten you all with HR interview tips. Anna is the Global Director of Talent Acquisition. She has 12 years of experience in this field and knows how to build teams from HR to research and development. She's going to tell you all about cultural fit and HR interview and how to nail this part on your future selection processes. Isn't that something that we all need to know about? So now, I welcome you, Anna, to the stage. The stage is all yours. Thank you, Isa. Thank you. Hello, everyone from everywhere in the globe. My name is Anna. I am at this uh, precise moment in Lisbon, Portugal. It's 7 p.m. and I am super happy to be here with you. So yeah, we are covering uh, cultural fit and HR interviews today and how can you nail this part of your future selection process. Yes, Cristiano Ronaldo, it's not the only star we have here, but guys, please use the chat as much as you can. Uh, I'm going to ask you some questions during my prezzo. It's a more interactive thing, so please just contribute as much as you can. So a little bit about myself to start with, and uh, not looking a stranger. So I am Anna, but everyone calls me Anita because I am quite short in size. Um, and I've been uh, in this crazy, wonderful recruitment field for the past 12 years. Um, I've been at hypergrowth and SaaS companies the most, and it's actually my natural environment because everything else seems to bother and, and too quiet for me. Um, scaling up aggressively, but without uh, damaging amazing cultures is one of my biggest passions. Um, and helping people grow, being successful is what keeps me going. Candidate and employee experience is key, and I definitely hope this, this never changes in the world. Um, so uh, long story short, I'm a psychologist, a certified coach, a speaker, a trainer, but most of all, I think I am a very cool human being, or at least that's what I like to believe in. So Jumping to our uh, topic, so to say, guys, now it's time to use the chat. How many of you have worked with brilliant and pleasant people? I would use other term for unpleasant, but I don't want to um, hurt more sensitive ears. So how many of you have had the experience of working with someone that was technically brilliant they were masters of what they were doing, but they were so unpleasant. They were never, never, ever, ever available to help those colleagues to change ideas, to share knowledge. Okay, a lot. Yes, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yes. <laughs> Your photo is as impressive. <laughs> okay, a lot. Yeah. The problem is when they are not even brilliant. Yes, Jonathan, you're right. That is even worse. So, yes, it's true. Um, this is what basically companies want to avoid by investing so much on tech, uh, sorry, cultural fit interviews to complement the tech assessment of the candidate. So, as managing and building recruitment teams from scratch worldwide, um, 
usually I say, when in doubt, don't hire. And this can apply exactly for the candidates. We want to bring people that allow us and help us to continue to build and shaping an amazing organization and people that are enjoyable to work with. So everything we actually do on the company side to promote and make sure that we are assessing what we need to assess, it's something that you can and you should use as well when you are looking for your next gig. Because I'm sure that you all don't want as well to end up in a company that you don't identify uh, yourself with, you don't uh, believe in the mission of the company, and so on and so forward. And that's what we are going to speak about. So um, when it comes to cultural fit, you can look at the company vision and the candidate vision. I will explain you both. I will explain you why, for me, managing talent acquisition at one company, it's so important to find the cultural fit. And I will tell you why I think you as candidates and me, when I'm playing the candidate role in my life, um, you should pay attention to. So hiring is the best and more effective tool to maintain an amazing culture. And you have absolutely no ideas about it because it is definitely and definitely most like without any uh, uh, doubt, the open door to bring new talent to the company. So if you open the door to everyone, you completely lose track of what you are trying to maintain and what you are trying to grow. Finding the perfect cultural fit is absolutely fundamental because we can't influence a candidate to be a different person. And we don't want to. I mean, by all means, who are we to try to convince someone to not be who they are supposed to be? And now I will give you the candidate vision. It is during your hiring processes that you have the best chance to understand the company's true colors. And it's not only about what your interviewers, recruiters, hiring managers are telling about the company. It's about some questions, specific questions that you can make. And it's also important to understand not only the projects and products that you are going to contribute for, but also who is going to do it alongside with you. Because speaking as a candidate, if you give me an amazing salary and the opportunity to work on a very um, valuable and 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 known, well-known company in the world, but then all the colleagues, all the leadership is is people that I really don't identify myself with, then what's the point of being there? Life is too short for you to feel miserable, for you to have the, the Sunday blues and, and to feel bad about Monday is coming tomorrow. So now chat again. Would you like to work with an amazing tech stack, but surrounded by people you do not feel identified to? What do you say? <laughs> I have one yes here. I want to dig in. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think no one wants because uh, our... Um, our jobs are basically our second family, if we, even if we don't want to call it, but it's people that we spend the most time of our lives with. It's with our colleagues. It's, it's working on these projects side by side with these people. So you can't avoid the fact that you are socially engaging and professionally engaging with them. So you really want to know who are the people that you are going to work with. So how are candidates assessed? And 
we recruiters, managers, and whatever, we assess candidates mainly by three things, skill sets, potential, and cultural fit. And all of them are important. And one is not more important than the other, because if you have an amazing potential and you have an amazing skill set, but I think that you are really, really a bad human being, I am not going to hire you. But if you have an amazing cultural fit with the company, and maybe you're not as senior, but you have an amazing potential, I will probably hire you. So when it comes to skill set, what I want to mention is what you have already to offer to the company. What are the technologies or the areas that you know how to work with and that you can put to the company service? And usually this is what you already have to bring. Then you pass to potential. And it's basically the potential to learn very quickly new skills that are important to the company, to the R&D department or whatever area you are joining, because this is true for all types of candidates, not only engineering. So here it's important to have good recruiters and good managers to understand exactly what is the potential. And here is also important for the candidates to give the most information possible so they can see what they are willing to do next. Maybe you are a mid-developer, but maybe you are very, very strong to senior. Why are you so strong to senior? It's because you have acquired some uh, skills and competencies that are part of the skill set of a senior, and you need, obviously, to mirror that on your interviews. And then you have the cultural fit. And for me, guys, this is my favorite one. And there are a million ways to evaluate the cultural fit. But what you as a candidate need to understand is, is this aligned with my mission? Is this aligned with my core values? And this is exactly what the company is trying to understand. So my mission here for you, it's not only how to make you be successful on your cultural fit interviews, it's also to help you to identify if you want to work for that company or not, because you are also a part of the decision making. How should you pick your next career move? So me as a candidate and as a professional, what I usually advise people and what I do myself is, what is a project? What is the thing I'm going to, to do? What is the challenge I'm solving? Is it a product challenge? Is it an engineering challenge? What is going to be here interesting for me that will make me think to, to be outside of the box, to uh, just crash my head through the wall a million times until I find the best solution? Because that was what's keep me going. What is the tech stack? Is this something that interests me? Is this something that is very obsolete? Is this something that it's very innovative and I really want to try? Career growth. How can I keep evolving and growing? You're not only looking for your next six months job. You are looking not also for a lifetime job because we all know that doesn't exist, but you are really looking for something that keeps you going. And it's going to be good for you, not only on the next six months, but at least on the next two to three years. So you need to understand what are the perspectives that will allow you to grow. Will you have a solid career growth path or not? Do the company has building growth plans already? They didn't, but are they doing it? How they usually promote people? What are usually the paths, the career paths that the senior developers are picking? Um, what is the leadership style that I will face? And my friends, people don't follow companies. People follow leaders. And 
you can be an amazing person, but everyone has a very specific leadership style. Try to understand what is the style of the person that is in front of you. Ask them questions. How do you give bad feedback to your employees? How do you promote their growing? You are a very important element when it comes to making the right questions because you need to make an informed and conscious decision. So the market is yours. It's not ours, recruiters, anymore. And thank God it's not because that's what allows us to step our game up every day. But don't accept anything without asking all the questions. And then the company. Do I like the company mission, value, products? Do I identify myself with? Will this company be a good match for me? Like, am I picturing myself here for the next two or three years? Or I feel that I'm going to be bored to death in three months, six months, or I will not enjoy the things that I am working with and the type of environment that this company promotes. What do you value? Is it remote? Is it the type of perks? You need to understand first what is the thing that you value so you can assess if the company has that to offer you or not. And then the perks and benefits, obviously, because everyone has bills to pay at the end of the month and we are not working for free. So tips and tricks. Do you want to nail it? Follow this and you can't go wrong. Um, camera on, always. When you jump on an interview, don't hide your face. It is hard to interview remotely because it's more difficult to build meaningful connections with people. So if it is hard enough, let's don't let's just please don't make it even harder. Let's just open the camera, show our face and allow the other person to see our emotions. But remember, you are also seeing their reactions. It's a street with two directions. It's not only what you say, it's very much how you say it. So you can exactly um, speak about someone that you have worked with and you didn't enjoy. And this happens. And it's also good for the recruiter or interviewer to understand that you can adapt your style to people that are more difficult to deal with um, and to people that you actually don't enjoy as much. But yeah, it's work. And sometimes, well, we can't love all our colleagues. Um, and saying that you adapted and how you adapted, it's a hundred times better than just saying that the person was awful and it was awful to work with. Try to always take the positive thing. What have you learned with that interaction? How did you allow yourself and challenge yourself um, to do the same thing on a different way because you had a very different stakeholder? Body language and report. So, yeah, if I'm here giving this talk and always looking to the side, you guys will feel super disengaged with me. And it's the same in an interview. If you find a recruiter or a hiring manager that is not facing you on camera, or if you do it, if you are hiding your face and trying to not show who you truly are, you are breaking the connection. You are breaking the report. And report is very much important in decision-making processes as hiring. Report is not built over the questions you make or the answers you give. It's built over a feeling of proximity. And that is only built by gestures, body language, tone of voice, the way you breathe, um, the way you look at the person, and so on and so forth. Prepare yourself. And here is your best trick. 
Prepare yourself not only by looking at the company website, Glassdoor reviews, and so on, but ask yourself, what do I want to do next? What is important for me? If I have two offers on the table, how will I make my decision? What are the criteria that I'm going to pick first? And what is the most important thing to me? If you know this, and if you ask yourself, what is truly important and what presses your buttons, what is a deal breaker for you, then when you are in front of an interviewer, you will understand exactly if the company has what is important for you or by the opposite, if it really presses your buttons. Don't be afraid to show your true colors. A no, sometimes it's better than a yes. What I mean is, don't try to please your recruiter. You need to be what you are. I'm not saying that you need to be rude or unpolite. That's not the topic. But if you do not agree with what is being told to you by a manager, if they are describing you how the engineering structure is built and you do not agree because you think that a tribe structure, as Spotify does, it's much better than a waterfall type of, of, of organization, then you don't need to say yes or, or to, to sound agreeable because you are not. So just be yourself. If what they are telling you is not good enough, just, just move forward. Um, what else? You need to be what you are. <laughs> Thank you, Nidia. Uh, what else? Do not avoid con eye contact. Again, camera on. Uh, it's normal that you look the other way because you're thinking, and this happens to me on my interviews with candidates. Sometimes candidates make me so amazing questions that I need to think on, whoa, I never thought about that. And it's natural that I look to the other side or I try to concentrate myself or even in one-on-ones with my team. So it's okay. And remember, the only type of people, and this is proved, that can maintain eye contact for more than 50 minutes are psychopaths. So don't try to do it. Look into the camera, not your face on Zoom. Oh, well, you can disable your face. It's easier. Don't be vague. Give examples. So one of the things that, um, and I think that everyone across the world is interviewing better. So if we are interviewing better, candidates also need to step their game up. Giving very vague question, uh, answers, it's not going to help us a lot. What we really need to understand is how people behave on specific situations. And for that, the examples are the best thing because making up examples on a very quickly way in the middle of an interview, Zoom interview, and being nervous, it's, it's quite of hard. So I think that giving examples, it's the best thing. So for sure, prepare your best examples, your best stories of success, your best stories of failure, and don't be afraid to share it. Or sometimes when someone asks you a question, just say, hey, let me give you an example of something that just recently happened. Ask every question that is important to you and that will help you understand if this is a good match, a match made in heaven. That's what you want. You don't want to just say, eh, I would work for this company. Yeah, I can do this. No, you want to be passionate. You want to wake up every morning and feel, yeah, that's that's my thing. I there's any other place in the world that I would rather be. And remember, you have 30 to 50 minutes to show who you are. So use them the best way you can. Prepare your mood before 
you enter the call. If you are having a bad day, if you didn't have good night of sleep, uh, just get out of the chair, do some push-ups, drink a huge glass of water, drink a coffee, smoke a cigarette. If you are already a smoker, I don't want to promote bad habits to anyone, but do something that makes you get out of the mental state that you are and make sure that when you enter the call, you enter on your best mode and your best mode doesn't need to be super energetic. You might be um, someone that is more introverted. You might be someone that doesn't have a huge level of energy or someone that when is very enthusiastic shows it in a more um, moderate way. You don't need to be a person super loud as I am. That's that's not obligated. And, and if a company doesn't accept you just because of that, then probably it's not uh, the type of company you should um, you should pick. And what can you expect? Um, well, why Van Hack? This is what I was going to ask you if if I was uh, hiring for Van Hack. Now I hire for Panda Dog, so I ask, why Panda Dog? And why not Hello Sign, DocuSign, all my main competitors? Why this? And I expect you to know the why especially if you applied directly to the job post. If you were sourced, well, I don't expect you to be as well prepared because, well, truth is, you are being sourced by pretty much everywhere. Tell me more about yourself. So when someone asks you this, I I, I kind of agree that it's kind of nerve-wracking because we don't know quite well what to answer, especially if we are not very experienced in this art of interviews, but try to give them information that you would like to receive if you were choosing your next colleague. Is it personality? Is it hobbies? Is what your friends, family, relatives uh, say about yourself? Is some fun facts? Is what is present on your bucket list? This question has basically no right or wrong question uh, answers, but don't reply by saying, what do you want to know? Because that is not very creative and you will force the recruiter to, again, repeat the question. And it's our job, I get it, but try to avoid that and just go creative. You can go wrong. Why do you want to leave your current job? It's important. Um, Not because we are trying to understand if you guys have a problem with your managers, but because imagine that you are leaving your job because the company is getting too big and you identify yourself the most with Series A startups. But my company has already 1,000 people. I will probably would like to tell you that I don't know if this company is the best thing for you because you are leaving one company that is getting too big and my company is already big. If you find a good recruiter and an honest one, they will also help you to manage your expectations and they will tell you, I don't think this is good for you. The worst thing that can happen to a recruiter is a backfield. So if they are smart enough, and I would, and I think they are, uh, they will probably tell you right away how things are. What would make you stay? It's important to understand um, what makes you stay at the job and what makes you give up it's important to understand what do you value the most is it the cooperation between the team 
or is it the salary? And again, there are no right or wrong answers here. What it is, is alignment between what this individual, our candidate values and what I have to offer. And if what I have to offer is exactly what this individual values, then we have a perfect marriage. What is your dream job? Imagine that I'm interviewing a recruiter for my tech team of recruiters and they tell me that they hate sourcing. Well, guess what? It's not a good place for you because we source like crazy. So it, it's not. And, and having the, the, the right level of certainty on these things, it's very important to make decisions on both sides, recruitment and candidate. Why should we not hire you? Well, sometimes recruiters go a little bit bolder and hiring managers as well on the questions. And you can expect some more creative ones. Why? Because they are more difficult to prepare for. So when they ask you, why should we not hire you? Please don't say that you murder someone uh, or something like that. Uh, it's okay to say that, well, I have an awful mood in the morning. Um, uh, before having my coffee, no one can speak with me. Um, when I'm very stressed, I stay very quiet on my corner and I try to not interact. But if we are speaking about some specific criminal activities, I would rather not disclose. But it's okay to disclose other things because no one is perfect here. Um, it is okay to give some examples from outside of work, life of success. Or, yes, it is. It's, it's, it's very good because um, imagine that you are a more junior professional and you don't know uh, if um, or, or you don't have on your professional um, experience enough to, to share. You can and you should uh, use and leverage the most you can from your academical background. Um, and, and also, uh, I don't know, sports, if you are uh, competing at a specific level, it's also very important to understand team dynamics uh, and, and goal orientation. Uh, if you are present in uh, students' uh, associations and so on and so forth, yes, definitely it's super okay because even if you are already a very um, senior professional, we want consistency when we are interviewing you. So as much as you give us that proof, that consistency is amazing. Oh, Michael is here. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he remembers of me. Thank you so much, Michael. Um, describe your biggest failure. Describe your biggest success. Both are important because measuring how you measure your success, it's also very important. Um, but understanding how you reach to success or what made you fail, and most importantly, what have you learned from that failure? What have you basically understood from that risk you make um, and, and, and from the failure that you got from the process that, that you were following? That is very important. When I'm interviewing, especially senior candidates, and they say, oh, I never failed. I'm like, oh, man, no, I can't. Like 10 years experience, it'll, it's, is, is it a lot of time to test, try, fail, learn, try again, do a different mistake? So either the question was not very clear to the candidate and they identify failure as something super impactful that can destroy um, an organization and they are not considering smaller things as failures, but you can and, and should definitely explain a bad decision you made. 
maybe a bad connection you established with a colleague that then had bad consequences and how you solved it, a specific project with a very short timeline and how um, you managed to overcome that. All of this is very valid. What do your friends, relatives say about you? Sometimes we use these questions when we have candidates that are more difficult to open about themselves. And remember, guys, we are not just hiring a resume. I'm not hiring just Python developers. I'm hiring people. I want to know how is that person as a person, not only as a Python developer. I want to know what that person likes, what is important, how do they have fun, how do they learn, how do they keep themselves updated. Uh, it's not only about coding skills and, and so on. Uh, why would your current employer would not let you go? This is very good. So uh, when they have like the response right away, usually it's because they have been speaking about uh, that with their employers um, and, and they know that they are about to leave. But even though uh, having the more candidate answers, it's, it's, very, it's very welcome. And if you have experienced people on the other side interviewing you and making you questions, um, they will understand if you are being candid or not. So just share. Why do you think you are important for your current workplace? What is the impact that you are bringing? What is the thing that is making them valuing you so much? Is it the way you interact with your colleagues? Is how you mentor the junior colleagues? Is how you participate in other initiatives that are not even inside of your scope? Is your brilliant tech skills on a specific domain? What is it? Um, describing your current manager. Uh, it's not describing uh, physically speaking, obviously, but maybe describing how is it like to look with this person? How is your connection? How is your communication style between each other? Usually, how do your one-on-ones work? And this can give you a lot of information because the way you guys are describing the manager is probably the way you see a good or a bad manager. And it's very important to us to understand that because every recruiter and, and most of all when you are in-house, because when you are in agencies, sometimes it's a little bit difficult to reply to all these questions and to understand because we are hiring for customers. But when we are in-house, we really want to make sure that these candidates that we are bringing in they are a true fit and they are not going to leave after six months. So having this, this connection is super important. And for you guys, making also these questions to the other, uh, to the other round, it's, it's also very, very welcome because you will understand exactly what is the type of person that you are dealing with. You can even ask your uh, hiring manager um, how does he usually give um, feedback to, to their employees. What would you make uh, quit your job after one month? And be honest, is it poor onboarding experience? Is it a bad follow-up and, 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 um, and attention from your manager not helping you onboard in the best way? Um, is it uh, not having the conditions that were promised to you or being faced with things that were not definitely what was discussed in the interview? You can only reply very honestly to this if you know the answer yourself. So you need to know what are your deal breakers? What is a no-go for you? What is something that you say, okay, I'm done. I'm going back to Hogwarts. It's very important that you know it. 
because then you will know in a very automatic, honest way how to reply to this and, and answer back. So it, you can also question and, and understand like, hey, but did you guys have like short uh, um, uh, tenure uh, attrition? Usually, what is the, the, the overall tenure that people spend at one company before they decide to jump to another project? Usually, how many people that you hire are moving to other challenges before they complete one year of tenure? This is also very important. Tell me about a time where uh, I like these questions, but I hate when it comes to the point that imagine that, because imagine that is something that brings the candidate to the imaginary field. So the answer you have absolutely no way to assess if it's a real one or an imaginary one. So it's overall a very bad question to make to a candidate if you want to see if they are being honest or no. But asking you, tell me about a time where you face this specific situation. Bad feedback. Tell me about a time where you received bad feedback. How did you take it? This is okay. And if you had any of these situations... You should be honest. And even if you feel that you were not on your best shape on the way you reacted, you can even say, well, actually, it happened to me once that I received bad feedback and I reacted very bad to it. And then I felt bad about it. I went home. I thought about it, um, slept over it. And on the other day, then first thing I did was apologizing to my manager because I really don't want my manager to stop giving me feedback, even if sometimes it's hard to understand that we are not doing something our best way. Everyone wants to be succeeded. Everyone wants to have good results. No one wants to do bad things and and screw up. Pardon my French. So yeah, this is pretty much... um, I feel that I can do like a master thesis about this topic. Uh, but I think I prefer to reply to your questions than to just trying to invent new tips to give you because that way I can reply to real-life situations. Questions, guys. Oh, Isa is here. (laughs) Hi again. Yeah, thank you so much. That was very, I love your energy. You you know why? <laughs> yes, I love it. I only drink two coffees a day. Sorry? I only drink two coffees a day. Good. Don't, don't, yes, that, that's good. Yeah, I should stop it too because too much coffee, I think, drains you. <laughs> so, yeah. No, thanks you so much, Anna, for uh, for this wonderful discussion, for, for this presentation we're gonna jump to some questions because we have 10 minutes uh okay. we have time we have time 15 minutes i okay. think coffee drinks yeah. Anna to get its energy well actually i see one question here that i would like to take it is on the chat if you don't mind isa yeah sure 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 question from aline what's your advice from someone who is autistic and has difficulty in interviewing should this person uh, oh, it's here. should this person make their limitations clear at the beginning of the conversation absolutely uh, I've seen this happen a lot. People that have some limitations on the communication, on the way that are expressing, they should make it immediately available to the other knowledge because 
they are obliged to adapt themselves to the candidate. Well, basically all recruiters are allowed and obliged to adapt themselves to the candidate style and not the opposite. Um, but if there are some limitations, then you need to say it immediately and say, hey guys, just a disclaimer, I have this question and please bear with me. I really want to have the best possible interview, but just for you, don't think it's odd. Awesome. That 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 really helped. I hope that has helped uh, reply to you, Aline. Uh, we're going to jump to the questions now. Uh, Arsof, yes. How I, as an employee, could help to keep share the company culture when the company has grown quickly? Tiago is asking that. Tiago, how I, as an employee, could help to keep share the company culture when it comes? Well, Tiago, um, if you are part of the recruitment process for your company, uh, you are already doing it because you are picking the next colleagues that you are going to receive. And I hope that you are looking into these people as, will I like to work with this person? So will this person bring something new, not only in terms of tech, not only in terms of skills, but how is it to work with this person on a day-to-day -day activity? So if you are already doing this, Amazing. If you are not involved in the recruitment process for your company and you have this concern, I strongly suggest that you ask to be involved. And if you want some tips and tricks for that, you can connect with me on LinkedIn or wherever and I can share with you. Perfect. We also saw, uh, can see the polls that uh, that people are people told about what their their expertise is. And most of the people here are with the React native and then Python. Perfect. That's awesome. Okay, moving on to the questions. Why good communication is so important? I hope it's in interviews. Why don't recruiters judge on the basis of experience of the candidate and not everyone is able to respond quickly? Well, I think it's the same reason why you don't pick your wife just because she's pretty, because you are looking to a, a huge number of attributes that are important to you. And being pretty, it's maybe one of them, but um, you have others. Maybe she needs to be faithful. Maybe she needs to cook very well. Maybe she needs to be an amazing mother and an amazing role model. In companies, it's the same. So the experience is important because it tells us what you already know to do. But no one hires only based on that. We need to hire humans. We are humans dealing with other humans. So... You can have an amazing experience, but for some reason, you don't fit in a company or a company doesn't fit on your beliefs, your personal beliefs, everything that you love and, and you desire to find in the new place. So that's basically why. Awesome. Moving on. Um, What would you advise new hires to do in order to make an impact in an organization? Ejike is asking. Ejike, join an organization that wants you to have an impact. Because if you don't, then no matter what you do, you are not going to get it. So there are a lot of companies, and now I see this more and more often, and I feel quite happy with it, that they don't bother if you are a new hire, if you are junior, they want you to have an impact, which means that if you are the guy that just joined two weeks ago, but you saw an improvement point and you immediately jump in and say, hey, guys, have we tried this? Can we try this? 
If you are working on a company that really wants to grow fast and efficiently, you are going to be hurt. So picking your next gig as a company that really values this is very important. On a day-to-day basics, what I would tell you is never be afraid to share your opinions. Never be afraid to think that you can do better than what was done and never doubt that we can try different ways of doing the same thing. We can reinvent the wheel. Perfect, perfect. Yes, I completely agree with that. Also, everybody remember when I told you all that event is going to be very interactive and engaging? I meant it. This is what's happening. You can see Anna being super active and engaging. This is this is what's, what's what actually we meant. Okay, another question is this one. Yes, are soft skills really more important than hard skills when getting hired? I would like to know if a mid-level person with huge driven to learn and totally available to could get hired or it is really necessary to be a serial, senior level career. Okay, thank you. It's a very good question. It's, it really depends. So you can never pick one and eliminate the other. And you always need to understand what does your team need? Am I looking for one position only? Am I looking for a, a senior Python because I am replacing a senior Python that was promoted or that just left to other company? And I only have one role. And I know that if the person coming to this team, if not senior, the rest of the team will suffer. If that's a yes, then you should assess this mid-level that you're talking about, this huge drive to learn. You need to measure what are the skills this person still needs to acquire. And you list them. You do a matrix. Okay, what is the help I can give to this person as a manager to help the person get there as quick as possible? Okay, here. And here's the time frame that I think it's possible. So if you find out, understanding that, what this person is needing, you can give to them, is totally coachable, and you have time because you should never bring them in and then don't having time to onboard them and set them up for success. Then you are breaking up everything on this new hire experience and on your current team that will not understand the hiring decision that you just made. So if you have all of this, yes, please invest in this mid-person. If you don't, if you are running against time, if it's very critical that the person has exactly that skill, then you will need to find someone that exactly has that skill. But please don't find someone that has that skill, but then it's not an amazing human being to work with. <laughs> yes. I completely agree with that. Okay, so what are the questions that we can ask as candidates to find out if we're going to be happy working in the company? A very important question. Yes. Well, Michael. again, Michael, and hi again. Um, Michael, you need to understand what is important for you. What makes you happy? Because what makes you happy is not what makes me and Isa happy. We are all different here. We have like 363 people here. And this can be 363 different answers to the same question. So is it having an amazing collaborative environment that makes you happy? If it's that, then you should ask how teams interact together. Are you guys building a product? Yes. Okay. So how does software engineering team interacts with product and how do they receive feedback from their customers? How do you know what is the next feature that you need to build? Is that being validated or not? So 
what I would say is that first you need to understand what is important for you and what makes you happy. Is it having a stable team? So go ahead and ask, what is your attrition level? How many people have left this year? So it really depends on what is really important for you. Yes, absolutely right. And moving on, uh, it's amazing to see how, yes, I'm loving it right now. <laughs> Even if I need more coffee, but I'm loving the you right now. My question is that how could I be proactive? Because being reactive rather than proactive brings a lot of problems. Muhammad Jawad is asking. Well, it really depends on the context here and on the company that you are working for. Maybe you are working for a company that doesn't allow you to be proactive. If that's the case, please just move. Because if you are constantly bringing new ideas and trying to be proactive and they shut you out, you will just quit and just confirm to the norm that is being reactive. So if that's the problem, then you need to find another gig. If the problem is... I don't know, lack of confidence on yourself, then some coaching can help you. Like, what is preventing you from being proactive? Is it, okay, I think this is a good idea, but I'm not 100% sure if this is a good idea. I'm afraid of saying this, and then people will probably think I'm crazy or stupid. If that's the reason, then we go to the trust and completely behavior part, and then you can have some coaching lessons, or at least you can woke up every day, look at the mirror and say, I'm the king, you know, I, I'm sure it will help you. Perfect. Now we are left with the last question uh, because we're short in time. We have to uh, pile it up. I'm basically a people's pleaser and that's not really a quality. So how to answer how you deal with discussions or what your colleagues think of you? Can I say that I'm a people pleaser? Gabriella. <laughs> Gabriella, amazing question. So first of all, Thumbs up, because this is a huge level of self-awareness. And the first thing you need to do to change and to improve is understanding that you are doing something that you don't like or that you want to improve. If you don't have the level of self-awareness, you will never change. In this case, I would say yes. I would be candid and honest. Don't make up. Don't, don't invent things. Just say, well, unfortunately, I am a people pleaser and I don't like it and I'm taking care of that. Yes, be proud of if you do, you are that. That is the very few people have that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can we add another question because people are really excited about it? Can we ask the interview uh, interview about a career path of a similar position, Abhishek? What do you mean? Not not sure if I followed. Can we ask? I, yes, I'm thinking he's asking. During the interview, maybe he's asking about uh, uh, an alternative career path of the position. Ah, okay. Okay, so maybe you want to know, okay, maybe you want to know what is the possibility to grow on their career uh, and, and that position to what other positions can lead inside the company. If that's the case, um, yes, about growth, he said. Okay, so if that's the case, I think you should very directly ask your interviewer or hiring manager, depends on, on your, uh, your stakeholder hey, do you guys have career paths built for this position? What's the next level? Okay, I'm joining as a senior developer. What is the next level? How many senior seniority levels do you have in engineering? I, I like to work with 20, for instance. That's, that's an amazing number for me because it gives me a lot of bandwidth 
to promote people and, and to make them grow very fastly. But there are companies that prefer to work with six or seven. That's also okay. So you can ask, what is next? It's um, principal, tech lead, team lead. Do you have opportunities to have only a technical development growth? Or do I need to go to a management type of growth? Because it's different. There are some people that don't want to be managers. They want to keep growing, but only in a technical deep dive. So yeah, you should ask that, definitely. Perfect. We are done with the questions of the day. Thank you so much, Anna, for for the session, for being a, an amazing speaker of Van Hackon and for being a part of it and, you know, enlightening us all and also being this super, you know, vibrating this energy of yours into the sessions. My pleasure. Yeah. I hope you guys had fun. Any questions, just contact me on LinkedIn. I love to help. So just let me know. Any final tips that you want to say? Because we have just one minute left. Well, um, just if you have doubts, if you feel yourself stuck, if you don't know what to pick, just drop me a line in LinkedIn. I, 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 am, I swear to God that I will reply and that I will be super happy if in the end I could have like a positive impact on you. You are super nice. You should know that. Thank <laughs> <Yes>. you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. It was great having you. Okay. So everybody see you all in 10 minutes for the next session. That's going to be amazing as well. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Van Hack Podcast. Make sure to create your account at vanhack.com to access jobs that are hiring from abroad.